0: introduce ourselves. Yeah. Greg Hankins, I'm uh, an electrical engineer, but day. work at, as a mechatronics engineer at Daimler Corporation, incorporating all kinds of new technology into the trucks uh, for manufacturing. And uh, from Portland, Oregon, was raised here, went to school at Oregon State, so spent a lot of time in the last 12 years working as an engineer in different capacities. And so now here, trying to interview people. Today, we're going to interview me. Yeah. Um, but to sort of point to the the um, the goal of this podcast, and I think I'm overthinking this, so I'll, I'll just say the sentence: Who you become is intrinsically tied to what you believe is possible. That's a central theme of this podcast. That's yeah. what I'd like to communicate. I'd like to drill into some core concepts, no matter who I'm talking to. Yep, I, I think people operate. People who are successful operate with some very basic principles, whether they acknowledge them explicitly or not. True. Um, and there's this common sort of thread or theme among people who are um, successful, specifically engineers, specifically human beings. But Brian,
1: why don't you introduce yourself? <laughs> so, Brian Jacobson. I was a software engineer for more than 20 years, then got into management then got out of management, I uh, worked a long time at IBM, uh, Cox Automotive, uh, now I'm working at Nike, a lot of fun place, a lot of software engineering going on, current role is as a Scrum Master, which is kind of a project manager, coach kind of thing, and I'm, I'm so excited about what you said about what, what you believe determines who you become, that's... Uh, the whole—I was—I was pretty miserable ten or fifteen years ago, and I'm doing so much better now. And that's right at the heart of so many good things that have happened to me. And so I appreciate the chance to chat with you about this today.
0: Good. I hope we get to do it again. You I bet. I plan on having another interview. You'll be my first. So your first target? Yes.
1: <laughs> I'm there. All
0: right. Good. So I think. Um, I can kind of start by talking through where I sort of come from and how that influenced influence the, the sort of journey. Um, my dad was uh, in the Marine Corps from the South, originally, a small, real small town, like a country, a certain town. Um, him and my mom met here in Oregon, but somehow before he got out of the military, they ended up in North Carolina where I was born. Um, he got out of the military probably like a year and a half or two after I was born, we moved back. I sort of grew up here in Portland, Oregon. Um, so, my dad's family, I think, at least one generation back, there's like the whole chemical abuse, like alcohol, and that kind of sort of was a general theme for their family. Um, my dad ended up getting on some, it was like the 80s, so cocaine was big back then, uh, crack. He did that sort of off and on, and so by fifth grade, I think it was like single parent home which the stereotype would be like, dad's not there, the kids sort of do whatever, right? And we were definitely like tempted with all those things, but luckily, by the time I got to eighth grade, my mom had got some sort of flyer in the mail for this community organization called the Perspective Gents Club. And uh, this one guy, Kevin Fuller, here in Portland, worked for the Oregonian, had started this, essentially a rite of passage program. For kids between eighth grade and uh, graduating high school with the goal of getting young black men into college and so that pretty much set the course for my next four years after um, i think we started the summer of my eighth grade year and then i did that all the way through uh, uh, graduating high school and so just like the, the expectation baseline expectation was that you guys are going to school. You're going to college after this. Before I had become part of that organization, I never even considered the idea of college and talk about it. That wasn't on you know a topic of discussion. And so I think that was a huge sort of first step in, in pointing me in that direction. And um, maybe just as important, I've always sort of been into um, messing with things, electronics. Bikes, cars, whatever. When we were younger, we used to build go-karts out of the scrap wood in our garage. I mean, we be taking stuff apart and putting, putting them back together, that, that sort of thing all the time. Um, I literally thought if I became an engineer, that I would be able to do like be an expert at taking stuff apart and putting them back together. Little did I know, a lot of our time is focused on theory and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Right. But uh, to sort of summarize, I, I think I can summarize this in a basic format Um, throughout college and even high school a little bit I didn't try as hard when I was in high school but when I got to college I really was trying hard which you kind of have to with an engineering degree right Oh yeah. have a choice Um, engineering will stretch you (laughs) yeah whether you you like it or not right yeah Um, which I think most people who go into it really enjoy that part of it oh yeah. yeah oh yeah so I definitely enjoyed the challenge but I think an underlying theme throughout the education, college education was like, I don't really belong here. I kind of feel like I'm fooling everybody. I'm barely getting by in my classes. I mean, that's not totally true. Um, I probably was on average like a C plus B student in in most of my classes.
1: Some classes I really excelled
0: at. Um, A lot of it would depend on how many classes I had, whether the, the professor pissed me off or not. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, those sorts of things. But in general, there's this theme of, like, I don't really feel like I can do this. I can't believe I'm getting this done. Um, there's lots of uh, people influencing the whole academic dishonesty piece, like cheating was a, a thing, getting the test from next year, and, like, you know, that being a, a big theme amongst people trying to get A's. Like, yeah. at, any, at any cost. Getting an A at any cost was sort of a... Yeah. I, mean, I was like, uh eh. Don't get me wrong, I definitely played my part in doing some of that stuff, but long story short, there was sort of this underlying belief then, and all the way up until probably my last job in North Carolina, which was about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, um, I just didn't have kind of what it took to be like this really great engineer, right? Like you had to be born with this great mind and you're just born in the right environment and everything just sort of matches up to become this perfect engineer but i think this new journey with a with different mindset sort of started with me reading uh nikola tesla's autobiography
1: oh my gosh you read that one no no oh but my. it's like dang i need to read that yeah
0: that blew my mind so the first thing that really caught my eye was the fact that he spoke seven different languages. Um, I can't remember where he's from. I'll guess, like, Eastern Europe. Yeah. But essentially, by the time he he got to the United States, he spoke seven different languages, which... If you're an engineer, and you you think... Most people have this idea that math, engineers, scientists, whatever, have this just very left, left, is it left brain? I don't yeah, know. it's like,
1: you're good at math, you're bad at English.
0: You know? Exactly. Yeah, And so I was good at, at learning languages. I did Spanish as uh. a minor in college, and it was easy. Like, I didn't spend any time studying and all that. Don't get me wrong, I didn't get the best grades, probably out of all B's. But, yeah. long story short, I thought it was a little bit weird, and even my counselors were like, why are you doing this Spanish? I think only one of my counselors was, was into it, because she had traveled. But, Sort of the basis of that was, am I a weirdo? Why am I? I really enjoy the math, I really enjoy the physics and, and sort of the engineering part of it. Why do I have this affinity for languages, you know? But everybody has the capacity to learn a language. That's a whole rabbit hole I won't go down. Yeah. Uh, because we also, we're speaking English right now. Yeah. Like, so tell me that you don't have the ability to learn a language. It's like, yeah. okay, you're mute. <laughs> is what you're saying. Like, whatever. Oh, yeah. So, that kind of caught my eye and the fact that he was a little bit uh, kind of weird. You know, he... he um, I read that he's, he spent an entire year um, just reading this these uh, fantasy novels, um, science fiction novels, basically by some uh, French novelist. Yeah. While he was in school. Like, he yeah. got distracted. And he, he said the reason was he started reading one and then he just couldn't, like... Put it down. He had to read the yeah. next one and the next one and the next one. I'm like, this is the same person who basically reinvented what we know as the electric motor, right? Like, the, oh, yeah. The AC motor. That's all him. Um, I, I don't know. So that sort of started me on this journey of maybe I'm not so weird. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The next book that I read was Outliers. Uh-huh. That actually the, sort of one of the third or fourth concepts I was. And essentially, people quote the 10,000-hour sort of rule as some conclusion out of that book. But what uh, I think is actually a central theme for that book uh-huh. is that we're terrible at measuring success. Yeah. Our current yeah. sort of idea of success, especially what I talked about, like, you're born to, to be this way, you're born to be that way. Yeah. If you're not born as a mathematician, you're never going to be one, you know, like, ah, That kills me. Yeah, and that changed my. I, I think that changed my idea of what was possible. Yeah, because he talked about that that the difference between somebody who was considered a child prodigy and somebody who's basically spent ten thousand or more hours as a um, violinist, cellist, whatever kind of instrumentalist. Yeah. Um, instrumentalist. You couldn't see a difference as professionals between the child prodigy and the person who basically spent all of their time learning this oh yeah of, yeah, know, yeah.
1: Like, it's it's like it's like the beatles you know people are like oh my gosh they have this otherworldly talent and it's like no no they spent 4 years playing in German strip clubs one of the few places where you can get paid to play music 12 hours a day and so in like a six-seven-day week for them, they're getting like seventy hours of practice. That's like they're so young. Yeah, they spent four years doing eighty hours a week practicing their craft. They're not child prodigies. They just the craft is that hard, right? And, and you know, but it just it's uh, I I love that concept.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and anyway, it's. Uh, and, and, and a super good fit for engineering because I know for me it was always discouraging. You'd, um, I, I'd meet people who knew stuff that I didn't know and I was like, oh man, I guess I'm just not very smart. But it's like, they learned it.
0: Right? Why couldn't I go learn it? You know, and I'd work at it
1: and like, I hadn't learned it in three days, you know? That was discouraging. It's like, no, no, it took them a year to learn it and, and all I gotta do is do what they did and I, I, I would nail it. It took me so long to realize that and it was so liberating, liberating when I saw that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, I can dig in and learn it. It's just and other people know stuff I don't know. They they put in the time they got it done.
0: Yeah. And, uh, anyway. That's very, stuff. that's actually very, it's very encouraging to hear you share, share that because of, uh, I know, I, I know from interviewing you prior, as just a practice, um, yeah. your story. And yeah. uh, for you to say that, it's really cool. I think, well, sort of fill in the gaps when uh, when we hear your interview. Because uh, yeah. what you did when you were in high school before you got to college. Oh, yeah. I oh, still yeah. feel that way, I think it's, it's cool. So yeah. I yeah. think it's, it's a real human feeling to, to be like, huh, am I as smart as this person? Am I as, as cool whatever, as strong? Whatever category, whatever you do for, for a profession, whatever you're into, I yeah. think you'll compare yourself. But to to have that like stuck feeling, like yeah, I am this value, I will always be this value, right? Like yeah. the fact that I'm even trying so hard means I'm like dumb. I don't need to, like I need to give up, like anyway. So that yeah. yes, exactly. The, the Beatles is a perfect example. He, he talks about yeah. that the amount of time that they spent. So that's. I would have loved to have this information when I was in school yeah oh yeah Uh, there was a guy who used to used to be on his laptop looking at uh, I think like paint uh, was it paint guns not paint guns uh, paintball paintball guns he'd be shopping for paintball guns or just reading like blogs or something while we're in class it's like microelectronics I think for class and then he'd raise his hand, all of a sudden, and ask a question that's way ahead of whatever we're talking about, and then the, the, him and the professor would have this one-off conversation, everybody's like, what are you talking about? That same guy, during midterms and final exams, would walk out of the exam, 15 minutes, 20 minutes into the exam, with his test, and he'd be the same person who'd have a perfect score, or maybe he missed one, or whatever. And yeah. I always had this idea that oh man, this guy's a genius. He's on a different level. He's on a yeah different playing field. Never had I thought maybe I should ask this guy how much time he spent um, learning this. Maybe I should ask him what his hobbies are, for instance. Or yeah, did he start like learning things about microelectronics in high school? I mean, who knows? Whatever the case is, there's there's never any separation. Even with I've even heard this explanation with people they consider prodigies. Yeah. There's a almost explicit tie to the word like prodigy and obsession with a single topic. The only difference yeah. between a prodigy and, and the rest of us is at one and a half years old, three years old, whatever, they get completely obsessed by this one or yeah. whatever subject and that's all they spend their time their doing.
1: Their attention, their focus, their time. Yeah. And yes. yeah, like like people are like, you know, yeah. Mozart. Sorry. You know, he wrote no music nobody else could write. And it was like he was composing symphonies at four or five years old or whatever, you know. And, and the thing is, his dad was one of the best music teachers Specializing in, 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 in Europe. teaching children. Yeah, <laughs> so focused on teaching children. It's like, oh, here's my boy. I'm going to, even maybe as a, a proof of his business skill, you know, it's like, he's my calling card. And so, hey, kid, you know, whatever you want it Maybe you want to go play in the mud? No, get get the keyboard over here. And uh, the thing is, the stuff Mozart wrote wrote after a couple years, it wasn't this brand, this great music from heaven that was ever written. It was like something you'd expect a two-year music student to write. It's just, he got to year two so young because of who his dad was and what he spent every day at home doing. It wasn't that he was at another level other human beings don't get to. It was just when he started and who he started with and where he spent his hours.
0: Uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I love that and it, it kind of anyway. No, oh, that's good. That's exactly what I'm I'm pointing at. And so that's now that now that we've talked, I think we've yeah. sort of fleshed out these yeah. ideas. And so <clears throat> some of the things I would love to focus on. There's a fourth book that I did not mention. It's called A Mind for Numbers. Have oh, you really? Heard of that? It's, no. It's worth a read. Um, gosh, I'm gonna forget her name. Either way, there's a professor of electrical engineering and a professor of neurology that got yeah. together and uh, wrote this book. And essentially, the book is focused on the learning process, how the how the brain processes new information. Yeah. And so. They cited a few individuals in sort of American history. um, Salvador Dali and uh, Edison? Yeah. That's the uh, DC... Yeah. Okay, all right. Thomas Edison and and Salvador Dali had these sort of habits. Who knows how they learned them or how they figured out. Maybe it was trial and error or just brute force, but... (coughs) Excuse me they're sort of the perfect examples of a lifelong learner. Somebody who's yeah. very aware how they process new information and to sort of manipulate the process. Um, yeah. But long story short, that's one of the concepts that uh, it's not taught in school. We don't teach people how to learn. So that same professor has a uh, course called uh, Learning How to Learn. It's actually free on Coursera.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: It is literally one of the most... Influential things I have have done, some of the most impactful information I have um, consumed. The best class I've ever taken is that that class. Learning. Oh how my I'm gosh! Learning. Yeah, that's so cool. That uh, so I had the this baseline concept of okay, how much time I spend doing something, how I practice is very important. Um, my capacity is not limited. That's uh, the mindset. Yeah. Basically, you have the growth mindset or the fixed mindset. The growth mindset yeah. believes whatever subject, whatever task, whatever new thing I need to learn. If I find people who are really good at it, if I spend time getting new information about it, I will get good at it or i get better at it. Yeah. Maybe I won't be the best in the world. That depends on a whole lot of other factors. But I will learn, right? Like. Oh yeah. Versus... Oh, I'm not
1: good at math. I'll never be good at math. Yeah, like uh, fixed, fixed mindset is kind of like talent or knowledge or skill is kind of like hype, you know? Yeah. It's like, I'd like to add an inch to my height. It's just never going to happen, you know? I like to learn Spanish. I, my head's just not good at learning languages. And it's it, it's a fallacy that human beings aren't built like that. We, we really are... And you know, they can get in and examine the neurology. We really can learn stuff. We really can. But you tell yourself you can't and so you don't try. It was, you know, I'm, I'm so happy at Nike now. I had a contract. I worked there for a year and a half, five years ago. And at the end of that I thought, I'm just not Nike material. It was this story I told myself. And it was very limiting. And, uh, then, you know, fast forward four years, I got laid off, and in my, in my job, almost all the openings were at Nike, and it's like, I gotta make this work somehow. And But also, I learned a lot more about growth mindset, and it's like, okay, there's these things I can do, and these things I struggle with. Well, how am I gonna get better at that thing? How am I gonna get better at that thing? And now, I mean, I was there as a contractor, and after eight months, they made me an offer. They decided, hey, Brian, you are Nike material. And so now I'm permanent. But I told myself so hard, I can't do this. Mm. And then just four years later, I did it. So awesome. That is
0: so awesome. I'm going to
1: ambush you with a question. Okay. What is something you can do today that if the version of you, you back in time when you graduated from college, would be so surprised you can do it today? Uh,
0: I think on the engineering side, a perfect example would be, uh, I set out earlier this year to uh, get a, well, actually, a year and a half ago, I had made a sort of tentative goal to get a power electronics, a a master's in power electronics. A master's degree? Yes, master's degree. So as a undergrad, if you would have said master's degree, I would have been like, nah, not more, more evidence that I'm not good at this like you gotta be kidding me <laughs> <laughs> so not only did I complete um, it was two courses online, purely online which means no real support from the professor there's lectures and then there's material and you have the book it's essentially a correspondence course yeah um, all of it has to be done essentially on your own so you're grinding yeah. out like equations, and you don't you don't know if you're on the right path, and then you get to the answer, and then you test it. And of course, it's either right or wrong. Then you have to start all over. Like yeah. so, previous uh, Greg 1.0 would have been like, oh, this is not for me. I give up. I don't want more evidence. But now I went through um, two of the classes. I've changed my goal. We can talk about that later, or yeah. maybe other yeah. One. But uh, yeah, I was able to do that course without. It without any discouragement not only that I was getting excited about the difficulty of the problem because yeah. that meant oh if I can figure this out I'm that's something I'm learning yep yeah. and then yeah. on the other on the other hand like I'm incapable of doing this it's so exciting anyway so yes that's that's one thing uh, another piece is um I was in a job previously that I, I hated being there like the social yeah. aspect which yeah, is yeah um I went from making about 70 something to over 100 100 grand in yeah. 3 months. That was between November of December of 2017 to March of uh, yeah. of uh, this year. Yeah. So there's no there's no point qu- and, and that's literally just depending on sorry, what am I trying to say? that's heavily influenced, directly influenced by the concepts, beliefs, sort of habits that go along with a growth mindset, knowing what you're capable of, knowing that things yeah. aren't fixed and people aren't like, you get this idea of, oh, you're, how much is this guy worth? You ever yeah. hear that, that idea? Yeah. Nobody talks about the art of negotiation or oh, yeah. your resume, like your experience, right, what we're bringing to the table. And even And even then, like, I was bringing a lot to the table, but didn't know um, anything about negotiation or, or, like, this idea of worth, this, oh, whatever they give me, that's what I'm worth, right? Yeah, it's oh, up God. to
1: them. Yeah, it's, up it's to not them. up to me, oh, it's up to on. them.
0: And it's crazy, because uh, I started listening to one of those, um, what was the book? The Think and Grow Rich book, which is kind of like oh, the yeah. Law of Success. It's really, they really need to rename that book. I, I wish... He was still alive because then he could. Yeah. Rename it because it's really not about money, right? It's more. It about, isn't.
1: It is. It's about excellence in life, really. Right.
0: And yeah. how that's sort of influenced by what you think on a day-to-day it's, basis. It's, what it's you really believe. all
1: inside.
0: It's just, yeah. yeah. It, you know, my,
1: my my dad was a civil engineer. Really good at it. And it's like the, the guy that they in the office they call in really like. Awesome were struggling or, or stuff. And uh, the thing is though, he really hated working there. It was uh, a civil engineer, it was highway design, it was part of the state government, there was a political dimension of it that he really hated. Uh, the engineering he was great at, but so he was in that job for 20 years and it, it hurts my heart, you know, it's like, dad, why did you ever ask, your question, ask yourself, or believe in yourself enough to go, maybe I could go do civil engineering in a place I didn't hate my job. But, you know, just that, you know, it's like, oh, i got to settle for this. For, you know, it's like, it's like, no. Go. Do what you do, but do it in a place where you don't hate the place you're doing it. You know, just believe you could find a better place.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, Versailles, oh, I just got to... I just gotta yeah. take what they're giving me. Yeah,
0: that's it. I mean, yeah. Which I bet you wish you had that information as a child, right? Like, oh yeah. I mean, yeah who, who, would, who wouldn't
1: want that? And and it's only me now, kind of, you know, uh, moving beyond that, you know, little step here,
0: little
1: little step there.
0: Yeah, it's it's incredible uh, to know. I, I really have weight to that, that statement you ever, ever hear somebody say oh man if I knew what I know now when I was 20 oh, yeah. you're like I get yeah. it I absolutely get it and unfortunately yeah, it seems like happenstance to learn this stuff if you don't already know it right like how do you get this information well that's my hope for this uh, podcast is really to, uh, to give people the information do with it what you will but you know things like what a man can do can perceive or believe, you can achieve. Like, it sounds silly, but when you put it into practice and see it like affecting your life, holy moly, you know? Yeah, yeah, you you
1: just, uh, you see it over and over. Uh, um, You know, even, uh, I, uh, I tried to take this high school class, in high school, I tried to think Spanish, and it was one of the few things in high school I flunked out of. And it was just like the Spanish words were like bouncing off my head. I, I, I don't know what was going on, um, and uh, so I told myself I can't learn Spanish. Then I ended up going and living in Brazil for two years, and I was just terrified. It's like man, this is going to be so bad. Yeah. But after three or four months there, I was, like, conversational. Yeah. by the end of two years, I could even... i talked talk to people for a minute or two. And go, wait, you're not from Brazil, are you? So, like, even, like, for a whole minute, yes. they could... And this is, like, the, the power of being immersed in it 24 hours a day for two years, you know? And, but... Um, the thing is, I, I really told myself I could learn Spanish, and then when I got into the situation, I had to. And, and you know, I, also, I saw people around me in the same situation. It's like, well, he's better than he was last week, and he's better than he was last week. I guess I could get better, too. Yeah. Uh, but, when I lived in Brazil, for a few months, I lived on the beach, and this we walked by this place every... Uh, Every day on the way to pick up our mail, post office box, and the guy was building a yacht in his backyard, and it was just like, "Hey, I'm a working class guy, but I want a yacht. I can do it." And you know, it was just like, you know, every week you'd see a little bit more of it was there, and and you know, it, it took him several years. And uh, it probably took less than two years, because it was maybe midway when I was there, and I talked to friends who were there after, and they are like, oh, yeah, the dude woke up one day, it was finished, he
0: slid into the ocean and sailed away. (laughs) Good golly. That is, that, like, summarizes exactly what I'm trying to to communicate. Everything you just said, I would love to go on the tangent about why our language programs in schools here in the United States are... Horrible. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, we have emergency programs, but the fact that this guy is building a yacht in his backyard and you can see the progress every day. Yeah. And progress with your language, like that's yeah, that is think, the evidence right there. That
1: You know, I love school, I love learning, but I think school does this huge disservice to us.
0: And, and
1: imagine you got three kids sitting there and they just did a real important test, a midterm or final or something. And the first kid to test, it's got an A. Second kid had a test, gets a B. Third kid gets a, he, his test back, he's got a C. The A kid's like thinking, ah, I'm an A student, I got this. B's like, yeah, you know, I guess I'm just not good at this. Right. And the C student's like, oh my gosh, I'm the bottom of the totem pole, I, I don't have a chance. But what people the lesson people ought to take away from that is... It's just a moment in time. It's not labeling you as a human being. Brian, you're a I was a math major, I got a C minus in one of my classes. I dropped my math major. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not a mathematician. It was like the wrong lesson. But the right lesson is, oh, what'd that guy do to get an A? If I did what he did, I'd be right up there with him getting an A. And that school's not very good at teaching us that lesson. it's a little more like, you know, Johnny's a C student. And, and that that isn't the lesson we should be taking away from. It's like, oh, well, hey, apparently getting an A on this is possible. What do I
0: need to do? That's exactly so, right. Yep. Yeah, anyway. that's it. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I think uh, I think that pretty much summarizes what uh, this podcast should be about. And so hopefully...
1: I, you know, as you've told me some of the... Friends, former colleagues, people you're lined up to talk to—I know some, some I can introduce you to. It's—I uh, think you're going to hear some really exciting stories, a lot of fun. I appreciate so much to get to get to be in this conversation. Man, I'm so pleasure. excited about what you're doing, and yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing it, man. Good. I appreciate your time, and uh, look forward to interviewing you. Uh, I'm here for you. All right. <laughs> yeah, would say That's it. Thanks, Brian. Thank you.